0: Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show for our third and final hour on Christmas Eve. Our host, Tom Dupree, is going to tee up a recording he wants to play for you all. So while he does that, I'm going to get it ready on my Bluetooth. It's all yours, Tom.
1: So I'm going to play about 13 minutes of a talk given by Milton, the late Milton Friedman, uh, probably in the late 70s, uh, to a group in California, and he discusses inflation. Milton Friedman's ideas can be traced to the education of Paul Volcker who was the chairman of the Federal Reserve, uh, appointed by Jimmy Carter, I think around 1979, who applied the principles of monetarism, which was taught at the University of Chicago. And so Friedman's ideas got applied to the economy the last time they had to, or the Federal Reserve had to uh, rein in inflation. But I think his ideas are certainly applicable today, and so we're going to start right here in a speech made by Milton Friedman as he discusses inflation uh, in the 1970s.
2: The cause of inflation is to recognize that it is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. It's always and everywhere a result of too much money, of a more rapid increase in the quantity of money than an output. Moreover, in the modern era, the important next step is to recognize that today governments control the quantity of money, so that as a result, inflation in the United States is made in Washington and nowhere else. Of course.
1: Can you pause that for a second?
2: No government any more than anyone.
1: Okay, what he just said applies not only to then, but to now. Inflation is made in Washington and nowhere else. Why? Because they control the printing presses and they control the money supply. Go ahead.
2: Of us likes to take responsibility for bad things. We're all of us human. If something bad happens, it wasn't our fault. And the government is the same way, so it doesn't accept responsibility for inflation. If you listen to people in Washington talk, they will tell you that inflation is produced by greedy businessmen, or it's produced by grasping unions, or it's produced by spendthrift consumers, or maybe it's those terrible Arab sheiks who are producing it. Now, of course, businessmen are greedy. Who of us isn't? Trade unions are grasping. Who of us isn't? And there's no doubt that the consumer is a spendthrift. At least every man knows that about his wife. But none of them produce inflation for the very simple reason that neither the businessman nor the trade union nor the housewife has a Printing press in their basement on which they can turn out those green pieces of paper we call money. Only Washington has that printing press, and therefore only Washington can produce inflation. If you listen to the people from the communist world, they'll tell you cap- inflation is a capitalist phenomenon. That's not true. If you look at Europe today, One of the most rapid rates of inflation in Europe has been in Yugoslavia, which is a communist country. One of the slowest rates of inflation has been in Switzerland, which is a capitalist country. So, inflation is not a capitalist phenomenon. But neither is it a communist phenomenon. If Switzerland has low inflation, the United Kingdom in recent years has had inflation rates running up to 20, 25% a year. Italy has inflation rates today of that order of magnitude. Inflation is not a capitalist phenomenon, it's not a communist phenomenon, it's a printing press phenomenon. Now, in saying that, capital- that inflation is a printing press phenomenon, in saying that inflation is always caused by a more rapid increase in the quantity of money than an output, you're only at the beginning of the problem because you must distinguish the immediate cause from the more ultimate cause. You must ask, why is it that the quantity of money increases too rapidly? But before I go on to that question, I just want to settle for once and for all the point that inflation is a monetary phenomenon. That proposition has been documented over and over again. We have evidence for the United States for over 100 years, for Great Britain for 200 years, for Sweden for 200 years. There has never in history been an inflation that was not accom- accompanied by an extremely rapid increase in the quantity of money. There has never in history been an extremely rapid increase in the quantity of money without an inflation. But in order to persuade you of this quickly and with a minimum waste of time, I have brought a few pictures along to show you. That will graphically illustrate the proposition about the relation between money and inflation.
1: All right, pause it. Now, those pictures are not complicated. All they really show is the money supply line and the inflation line going up next to each other. So don't worry about the fact that you can't see the pictures. Go ahead. No, no. Nope, nope talking during the pictures.
2: And I'd like to, uh, if we can start with the first of those yeah, slides now. Maybe you can make out that there are two lines on that chart. That chart is for the United States and it covers the 13 years from 1964 to, uh, to, through 1976. And one of those charts, the solid line, is a quantity of money per unit of output.
1: It shows and it going line, up. the other line,
2: which is a dashed line, is a consumer price index.
1: That's inflation, and it goes up exactly with the money supply. Those two lines cross at
2: 1970 because that's the way they're constructed. Both of those series were expressed on 1970 as a base of 100 in order to try to get the two series in the same scale but there is nothing whatsoever in the arithmetic of it to make those two curves the same elsewhere that uh, and i may say that the quantity of money that's plotted there is a quantity of money for a year ending 6 months before the price index so that you are not uh, uh, there's nothing funny about that and you can see that the two lines are almost indistinguishable now I've got a segment of 13 years up there but if I had a segment of 100 years the relationship would be the same way throughout the whole of that period. But you may say that's maybe that's only for the United States. But uh, what about other countries? And so let's have the next slide. The next slide is for Germany for the same period. And again, you will see the same story. Now the interesting thing here Is that you can see that the quantity of money, for a while in the later, uh, later in the 70s, was running ahead of the price index, but now they're coming back together again, and that's a behavior you very often observe. The quantity of money per unit of output is a major factor that, from the immediate sense, determines the price index, but it doesn't operate instantaneously. Sometimes there are delays of a year or two. But sooner or later they all come back together. Well, the United States and Germany are very similar countries. What about another country? Let's have the third chart. And the third chart there is supposed to be for Japan. I can't read it. Is that what it says up there? That's for Japan. And you will notice that the Japan experienced a much greater price rise than either the United States or Germany did. But Japan has now been coming back. It's done a remarkable job of controlling the quantity of money and as a result the rate of price inflation in Japan has come down from close to thirty percent a year to where today in the period after this chart it's back down to about seven percent. But again you have the same synchronism between the two charts. Now the next chart, let's have the next chart which is for Great Britain. You can see Each one of these has a little bit more inflation than the preceding one, but each one of them you again have the same relationship in every case between the quantity of money and uh, prices. Now one of the interesting things about that comparison between Japan and the United Kingdom is you will hear many people telling you that the real reason you have inflation is because of trade unions. If you listen to anybody telling you about Great Britain's plight, they will tell you that the real problem in Great Britain is that you have such strong trade unions that they push up wages and that causes inflation. Well, if that explains this relationship for Britain, what explains the previous chart for Japan, where trade unions are not very important or much weaker than they are in Great Britain? Or what explains the next chart, which is a honey, for Brazil? That's, we, can we have the, next, the last chart? Now, that's a little, that's an inflation that's really an inflation. That's none of these baby inflations we've been playing with. Of course, there are still better ones in Argentina and Chile, but uh, we don't have a big enough room. (laughs) Now, here again, if trade unions cause inflation, as you know, Brazil has a military government, and trade unions have absolutely nothing to say about anything except as they are branches of the government apparatus so that it's clear you cannot explain in the case of Brazil the inflation by trade unions, but you can see very clearly that you can explain it by changes in the quantity of money. Thank you. We can have the lights back on now. As I say, that's a very small sample of the evidence that is available on the linkage Between the quantity of money on the one hand and prices on the other. That evidence is available for hundreds of years in many countries and there are no exceptions. But that only gets you to first base. The question is why is it that the quantity of money increases relative to output? If you go back a hundred years ago, and here in California this is very appropriate to go back a little more than a hundred years ago. Sometimes the quantity of money increased more rapidly than output because of discoveries of gold or precious metals. As you know, you had the gold rush in California in 18 late 1840s, early 1850s. You had the Australian gold discoveries in the same period in 1850s. And you had a worldwide inflation as a result. In the 1890s to 1913, it's important to note you had a Just worldwide inflation that. because of the. Dis-
1: so, when gold was found, it's real money. Gold was always considered real money, hard money, and a bunch of new gold was found. It got put into the uh, into circulation along with the uh, rest of the gold that was there, and you know it. It made. Uh, it made prices go up. So, go ahead.
2: The perfection of the cyanide process for extracting gold from low-grade ore, which produced an outpouring of gold from, Australia, from South Africa to supplement the gold strikes up in Alaska. But those were the good old days, before the days when governments discovered that it could escape From that that relic of an earlier time, the discipline of gold, and that it had a much more scientific method of controlling the quantity of money by ending the link to gold and instead turning to government dominated money. And today, you do not have inflations for those reasons. Today, you have inflations because governments create a very large quantity of money. The question is, why do governments do that? And today in the main there are fundamentally three reasons, in this is opinion, important. why we have experienced inflation and why it is a threat. The first, and by far the most important, is in order to pay for government spending. Now of course, I say the government does this, that's wrong. The government doesn't do it, you do it. I do it. We the citizen do it. We tell the people in Washington, we tell our congressmen and our senators and our representatives, we want you to spend more money on us, but we don't want you to put any taxes on us, oh no. We don't want you to levy taxes, we want you to spend more, but we don't want you to tax more. There's no way you can do the one without the other. The real tax on the American people is what government spends. If government spends, if the federal government spends $450 billion and only raises $400 billion in taxes, who do you suppose who pays that other $50 billion?
1: OK. Stop there.
2: Do you suppose the two?
1: Now, what he said is incredibly important when the government spends money they take it away from you they don't have any way to pay for it they far outstrip the tax revenues so all this government spending that has just occurred is a direct transfer from your pocketbook you don't you say no i've still got the money in there it's inflationary Everything the government does is inflationary. We've been living with inflation for a long time, but it as they print more fake dollars to pay for the stuff that they're spending money on that they don't have the money for, it comes out of your pocket. It's the reason why I paid nearly $13 at the airport for a little pitiful sandwich that's about three inches by three inches. That's why it's government taking it out of your pocketbook.
2: Harry does. (laughs) You pay it, and I pay it. And one of the ways we pay it is by the tax, which we call inflation. Inflation is from this point of view a form of taxation. If government spends more than it takes in in the form of things that are called taxes, it has to meet the difference either by printing money or by borrowing from the public at large. Printing money is a very attractive device because inflation from the point of view of a sitting in Congress or in the Senate is a wonderful tax. He doesn't have to vote for it. Have you ever known of a congressman who got up and said, I vote to impose a tax in the form of inflation of ten percent next year? No sir Inflation is a tax which is imposed without representation and which nobody has to vote for. And of course it's a marvelous tax from the point of view of a Congressman trying to meet the demands of his constituents for more spending. Inflation is a, its taxation, yields tax revenue in three different ways. It yields it directly. We think of these pieces of paper we carry in our pocket as money, but it would be just as accurate to think of those as receipts. For the taxes you've paid, if you pay the government a hundred dollars directly in taxes, the government sends you back a receipt. You paid us a hundred dollars in taxes. Well, now the beauty of printing money is that the receipt is right straight with the payment of taxes. What you're getting there are not is not money, but tax receipts. And from the point of view of the government. Those pieces of paper, and I'm exaggerating, of course. They're not really pieces of paper. That's only the primitive right. way of doing it. In our modern age, we do it in Go a more sophisticated way, through using a bookkeeper.
1: So you've been listening to a speech given by, um, who who was that again? Milton. Milton I was going to call him Allen. Milton Friedman.
0: Um, Not to be confused with Alan Greenspan, maybe.
1: Yeah, I was calling. I was thinking Alan Greenspan. the The point that he has made is that inflation is a monetary phenomenon, and it's created by the government, which controls the money supply, and it is imposed upon us, really the same way an unvoted on tax would be, because when they borrow money or print money to pay for things that they don't have. And actually the Federal Reserve, here's how it works. The Federal Reserve prints the money and it or other entities actually go out and buy the government bonds that the government issues to to pay for this stuff. So it's not really being paid for in real money. It's being paid for in printed money. And it constantly goes on. And if you think your elected representatives, including Mitch McConnell, have the faintest notion of how this works, you're wrong. Andy Barr, different matter. He does understand. I don't think McConnell has any notion, and it's been based on some statements I've heard him make over the years. I'm going to play at the in the beginning of the next uh, half hour, Uh, some statements recently made by a senator showing just exactly how in the dark uh, our leaders are about how this stuff works.
0: You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show. The video that we played was Milton Friedman speaking about money and inflation. Uh, I'm going to post a link to that video on our website, dupreefinancial.com, under the radio show... um, Actually, probably under the blog tab, blog or radio show tab. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of the Tom Dupree Show. Stay tuned.
3: Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining, it is the night of the dear Savior's birth. and the spirit felt his worth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder break a new and glorious Christ was born.
0: Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. We've got Tom Dupree standing by with a special edition Christmas Eve of the Tom Dupree Show. Who's that? It's Edda James, 12 Songs of Christmas.
1: It's fantastic. Really good. Okay, we were just talking about uh, inflation being a governmental Um, a governmental action, the reason we have inflation. And I'm going to play for you the tail end of an interview that uh, Gene Shaheen, senator from New Hampshire, said to CNN just a few, a day or two ago when they were passing this $1.7 trillion omnibus and the, the CNN guy, you know, is pitching her a softball question, several softball questions. He, he talks to her about refugees and things like that. But uh, I want to play for you when he asked her about the possibility that it might be inflationary, uh, her response. So so this is uh, an interview done on CNN with Senator Gene Shaheen from D- Democrat from uh, uh, New Hampshire just a day or two ago uh, with I don't know who the guy is with CNN. But anyway, here we go. Hiding in safe houses, right? Just just to survive. Right. Uh, so the reason you got to go soon is you, you got you guys are going to vote and, and and get this uh, 1.7 yes. trillion Hooray, spending bill finally. passed. It's got yeah. a lot in there, but I wonder the top line figure is quite big and it, it's it's not far off the the, the most recent. COVID uh, relief bill, which was $1.9 trillion, which some have blamed for being inflationary. And I wonder, uh, as folks are watching right now, should they be concerned at all that pumping all this money into the economy right now uh, it might prolong inflation?
0: Well, I don't think so. What this bill does is to fund government programs that are already underway and also initiatives that funds our military, for example. There's a pay raise for our men and women serving in the military in that. Bill. And all of that, I think, is good for the United States. It provides certainty to um, not just those people who are serving, but people like the first responders in New Hampshire who are dealing with, still dealing with a major opioid epidemic. So Mm. I I think it's very important that we get this done and hopefully get it done today.
1: Yeah. Uh, And then hopefully make your flight. (laughs) There's some problems with those you might have seen. Uh, Senator Jean Shaheen, uh, thanks so much uh, for joining us this morning. Okay. So she really didn't. What she said is no, because the government programs are already in place. And then she goes to little parts of that bill that aren't really the the main thing, talking about uh, first responders in in New Hampshire and uh, military people getting a pay raise. But completely sidestepping and not even dealing with the question that putting this foreign Brand new, unearned uh, money into the economy out of thin air is somehow good for America. It is a direct transfer from the people that have the goods to people that don't. It is a transfer payment, just like taxes, but it's a different form of taxation. But the, the point is, the people that are in charge that are supposed to be running our country, the Mitch McConnell's, the Chuck Schumer's, the Nancy Pelosi's, the Gene Shaheen's either number one, do not understand basic economics or number two, understand it, but lie about it because it helps them stay in power and appear to be bringing home the bacon to their constituencies. I just got an email today uh, from McConnell's office that said, McConnell brings money back to Kentucky in the omnibus spending bill. And it was uh, trying to think what the service was that he's now taking credit for having delivered for Kentucky uh, the pork, if you will, and there's all kinds of pork in this. Um, and I just feel like we're in a period now where people saw the truth and they have run so hard away from it. At one point, we did seem to be moving Towards, uh, towards sanity in the country. And now we've gone exactly the opposite direction. And uh, this is sad. I can recall in the early 80s, during the Reagan years, putting the brakes on inflation, it created 30 years of prosperity, And yet it's all come down to um, a growth in the government bureaucracy, a growth in folks that really don't do anything other than live off the backs of productive people and say they're doing something. And um, it's going to take, it cannot be sustained there is no way that the way that we're going can be sustained for for a long period of time it just simply won't work and um you're going to see uh massive dislocations and i think that people that are hourly wage earners their wages haven't kept up with inflation. They can't. People will say, well, it's greedy employers. But the greedy employers have to be able to make a profit. So you can pay your employees a certain amount of money, but if the business isn't profitable, the whole thing gets destroyed. I'll give you an example. If you've ever seen the movie Harlan County, USA, it was about the. Uh, The the UMW strike at Brookside Mine in in the early 70s. And at that point, um, the management was blaming inflation on unions. And the unions fought to have a greater share of the profits because it was believed that the coal operators were basically um, enslaving the miners. Now, there's something to be said for that but it didn't fix the problem all the fighting that they went through you know to get their wages raised from 4 dollars an hour to 5 dollars or whatever they did it was all for naught because the industry finally became so uh lethargic and inefficient that that coal industry that heavily unionized coal industry of of years ago is, is is gone. So it it cannot be construed that long term, what the unions did was productive. Um, You cannot squeeze blood out of a turnip. What'll happen is, that the mining companies will simply, or any industry that it is, will simply lay off workers till they get it to the point where they do more with fewer workers. Then they can afford to pay them more. It's the same thing with these minimum wage increases. You keep raising the minimum wage, you'll just destroy jobs for minimum wage uh, workers. They'll do more with less. And so, as a result, you kick a whole class of workers back onto government support because there aren't the jobs to pay them to do the work. Raising the minimum wage isn't necessarily inflationary. It simply puts a whole lot of low-income people out of work completely. And some in in the government would argue, well, that's not a bad thing because now they'll get paid a fair living wage through welfare. As the government raises money through artificial means like inflation, what happens is the productive private economy gets more and more limited in terms of, of what it can do so you know my hope is that at some point we we see or that circumstances require us to see what is really going on in this country and what's been going on for a long time i'm not very hopeful about it because most people that you talk to simply don't want to see the truth They want to operate under the belief that the government can provide all these things. And and the fact is, uh, it's really not there. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what we do at Dupree Financial Group because if you have retirement or it doesn't have to be retirement money, it could just be money that you have that you want this money to continue to have purchasing power. That's all money's worth anything for. It isn't just having it. It's what it can buy. If you have inflation, the the what it can buy part keeps going down. So how do you keep your money maintaining what it can buy? you have to grow it because inflation and taxes are continuously taking away from the value of it what are things that over time can raise their prices cuz they don't they don't provide money they provide a good or a service that has to be priced in dollars people say well the reason that price has gone up over time is cuz they're just greedy Somebody said, uh, "You know, the postage stamps have gone for two cents to fifty cents." And I said, "Well, it's because of better service, right?" No, that's not true. It's because of inflation. The value of the you get disabuse yourself from this notion that inflation is caused by greedy business people or whatever raising prices. No. It's caused by governments printing more dollars. The guy, the left-wing commentator on CNN interviewing a left-wing uh, senator, as much as said it, isn't it going to be inflationary? You're pumping all this money into the economy because they know it's funny money. It isn't real money. She said, "I don't think so. It's not." Of course, she said that. Funding government programs that, that if you keep funding something that never makes any money that takes up more that that's how these people think. So you have to think differently if you want your money to grow or your purchasing power. Otherwise, just sit there. Oh, I'm sitting on a million dollars in cash. No, it's not. It's now nine hundred <clears> thousand because a year and a half ago, when you put it in the savings account, it was worth a million. Now it's worth nine hundred. Two years from now, it'll be worth $800 if you're sitting in cash and not earning much of an income on it. And 3% doesn't count because it's not going to get you there. You have to invest in something (coughs) that will produce you a return over time above the rate of inflation and taxes. This is what we do at Dupree Financial Group. So how do we do it? We do research on companies that we believe have the ability to grow their business and have demonstrated that ability over a long period of time above the rate of money being taken away from them. That's why you need to give us a call if you haven't done so already. If you're a client, you know what I'm talking about. That
0: number is 859 You can also, if you have questions for Tom, you can always email him at tdupree at dupreefinancial.com as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, don't ask me. I don't know anything. I'm just the guy talking on the radio. Ask Mike and Adarsh.
0: You got some opinions, the and the yeah, listeners know. They, I mean, you know. Anybody that's been doing it for over 44 years it has got a little know-how. You know, uh, one of the things that... That's the first
1: time you've ever said that I knew how to do anything. <laughs> oh,
0: I've said you're a know-it-all. No, I'm kidding. Completely <laughs> kidding. Uh, th- the inflation in Christmas trees this year, since it is Christmas weekend, 30% yeah. increase I mean, this know. year. And do you know, you were talking last week, we said something about the um, the Starbucks... January unlimited yeah, Cup, you were t- that, that it was went sick. up from 40 to $64.
1: Yeah. And so there it, you have it. I mean, y- your money wants to buy stuff, but the problem is it's gone up and that's because, you know, look at it. How much gov- money did the government print and give away during COVID? It's obscene. Of course, it's going to produce inflation.
0: Well, the what I, where I was going with that statement is, you said to me about the Starbucks cup. Did I buy it? I said absolutely not. It, the threshold is too high. Yeah. And so then you commented last week that that is where it stops when the consumer quits buying. Have you noticed how many Christmas tree lots are still open today? Not today. We are pre-recording, but that how many lots were open the week before Christmas, they did not sell out in past years. Most of them were gone by December the 12th to 15th. They're packed up and gone because they've sold, they've sold through. They still had trees left because they went over the threshold of what people were willing to pay or what they had budgeted. 30%
1: The consumer is not getting enough additional income from his or her job. He's not getting raises. He's not getting automatic kind of things to offset what inflation is taking away. Inflation, i.e. the government, telling you they're doing good stuff for you, but all they're doing is debasing the money supply and stealing from your income and your savings. So, I mean, give us a call because we try to go to war with these, these things every day.
0: Well, and, and create um, a portfolio that accommodates these needs. So Tom just took his headset off, and I think, I think I'm going to have to wrap it up here. We hope that you will have a very Merry Christmas. And we are going to go on out of here with some Christmas music to bring on Christmas Eve. We appreciate you listening. If you'd like to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, go to our website DupreeFinancial.com. There are also some great articles that we've started posting uh, on the blog page that you'll want to take a look at as well. Have a Merry Christmas and we will talk to you next week.
3: it is the night of the dear Savior's birth long lay the world in sin and arrow pining till he appeared and the spirit felt his word a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder break a new and glorious morn was born.